everybody. My name is Bill Kiefer, and I want to welcome you to our podcast, Practical Wisdom from the Word of God. I believe the Bible is a book that God gave to us that's full of insights, wisdom, promises, and many other things that help us live daily life. So join me for the next few minutes as we look into the Word of God to find that practical wisdom we need today. Well, praise God. Welcome again to our podcast. We call it Practical Living, uh, Practical Wisdom from the Word of God. My name is Bill Kiefer, and I want to welcome you today. I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about some things that will help you do something Jesus said was possible in the book of John. John chapter 16, verse 33. We've been talking about this for a while. Jesus said to his disciples, fear not, little children, or he didn't, that's, he said that somewhere else. Jesus said to his disciples, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. He also said, have peace and be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. Jesus has overcome the world. Now, he's facing difficulties. He's facing the hardest time in his life. And he's also talking to the disciples and telling them, listen, there's some tough things coming. How many of you noticed as you look around that tough things have happened in 2020? Some things I never thought would happen, at least in my life and in my time and in my nation, have happened this year. And so we need to understand that no matter what we may have experienced in the past, it's possible that bad things can come into our life. But Jesus said, have peace and be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. 1 John chapter 5 reminds us that if we're born of God, we also have the ability to overcome the world. Now, we've been looking at this from a lot of perspectives, different points of view. You can go back and listen to the other episodes or go to the blog at wordpress.com. But um, we want to talk to you today and, and kind of tie some things together that we talked about yesterday. Yesterday we talked about the Garden of Eden, and I believe most everything in the Bible goes back to the Garden of Eden. Every truth, every principle can be found somewhere in the beginning of what God did. And when God created the heavens and the earth, the Bible says that he spoke those things to existence. I love the way the Hebrew comes out uh, in the very beginning of Genesis chapter 1, where it says, God said, let there be light. Well, in the Hebrew, it's not kind of as soft as it seems to say in the English. He didn't say, uh, let there be light, which to me seems to say, would you mind if there's light? No, God said it this way, light be and light was. I love it. Hallelujah. It's a command. And when God spoke it, it happened. But what was it that God released? It's something called light. Science tells us that light is the basic building block of everything in the physical universe, of all physical matter. So when God said that, he released something from inside himself that caused creation, caused the physical world to come into manifestation. He made all of this. And as we go through the process, he he defines it. He takes it and he and he he takes the light and he makes the cows, the birds, the animals, the sun, the moon, the star, all those things. It's like he's forming it. He's taking it and manipulating it to become certain things that are part of what he sees in his heart so that he can make a place for his man to live. I think it's very interesting that uh, science tells us that creation is still happening. 
the universe is still expanding. When God said light be, it never stopped. Hallelujah. I don't know what's out there. I don't pretend to even have any inkling to all that kind of thing. I don't think about it much, but I do know that the power of my God in that creative release is so powerful, it's still going on today. So when he made man, we see in Genesis chapter 2, which is the the kind of the focus on the creation of man, where chapter 1 is the overview, that he formed man's body out of the dust of the earth. When he made that body, it was part of this physical creation, but it was dead. And then the Bible says God breathed into him the breath of life. And I believe that when God breathed into Adam, he breathed into him a spirit or part of what came from God's dominion, the realm of the spirit. And he put it into something made from this this dominion, the realm of the flesh or the realm of the natural. And so man became at that point a living being. If you will, God shined into man the same light that he released when he spoke it out of darkness or spoke it in Genesis chapter 1 and it created the whole physical universe. When God created man, that same power was placed in him. Now, we said uh, last time we talked about the tree of life and that that tree of life was the source of that power and that connection to God. That tree doesn't exist in the natural, but I'll tell you what, there is something that does exist and that is Jesus Christ, salvation in him. And when we partake of that, it's the same Uh, effect that happens in us that happened when Adam partook of that tree to an even greater and more permanent degree, in my opinion. Now, I want to look at 2 Corinthians chapter uh, chapter, um, uh, 4, and we're going to look at verse 16 or begin with verse 16, and Paul is going to tie these two things together. That is salvation in Christ and this light of creation or this power of creation that God placed in Adam. You know, it's not uh, it's not popular to say that man was supposed to have dominion over the earth, but though it's not popular nor accepted, it is what the Bible teaches, and that has never changed. Now, uh, it changed in Genesis 3 because of the fall, but how many of you know God took care of the fall or God reversed the effects, at least in a spiritual sense, in the ministry of Jesus? Well, let's read this, verse 16. It says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is uh, is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is uh, but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. And you know, I got in the wrong place. I could go back and change this, but I think sometimes it's good for us to know that everybody can make these mistakes. And let's go back and find the one I wanted. Hallelujah. And it says in verse uh, 6, verse 6, that's the one I wanted, not, not, uh, not 16, but 6. It's a, it's a common mistake. He says in verse 6, For it is the God, the same God, who commanded light to shine out of darkness that shined in our heart. Think about that for a moment. That same process that when God said light be and light was, that same process that created the whole universe is the same process that when I receive Jesus or you receive Jesus or you will receive Jesus as the Savior and Lord of your life, that same thing happened. That same process 
process occurred in me. God spoke in me. Light be. Let that same light that was designed to be in him cause him to be, Jesus called it, born again. Paul called it in the very next chapter. He said, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. It says creature in the English, but the proper translation is you are a new creation. God Oh, hallelujah. I'm starting to get excited. God, who caused light to shine out of darkness and made everything you can see, caused the same thing to happen again when we received the sacrifice of Jesus. And I was born again. I became a new creation, something that didn't exist before. The the thing that I want us to understand is the same process that put Adam in a position to have dominion over the earth is the same process that put you and I into a position to be able to walk in the same thing Jesus talked about to overcome the world. Paul, uh, excuse me, Adam had dominion over the earth, but the earth came under that dominion or the dominion of Satan because of Adam's fall. But God caused Jesus to be born in such a way that he did not have the darkness of sin. So he did not, God did not change the world at that point. The world still was under the devil. It still was under the dominion uh, of darkness, but God brought a man, hallelujah, into that world and said, I'm going to put the same light in him that was in the world when I created it. And when Jesus spoke to this world, If he wanted water to become wine, it became wine. If he wanted water to become firm enough to step upon and walk upon, it became firm enough to walk upon. If he wanted rain and wind and a storm to stop, all he had to do was speak to it and it obeyed him. If he wanted to raise a child from the dead like the the little girl, Jairus' daughter, then when he spoke to her, she got up and death left. Hallelujah. Why? Because the light, that, or the, the voice, the light, that uh, the, the same God that caused light, I'm getting so excited, I'm having a hard time talking. The same light that caused, a God that caused light to shine out of darkness had shined that light into Jesus when he was conceived in Mary's womb. And hallelujah, when I chose to make him my Lord and Savior, that same light was shined in my heart. I don't know about you. I When I think about that, that 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 same light that caused light to shine out of darkness, it says, who has shown in our hearts, this is verse six again, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. When we come to him, it's like coming to the tree of life. When we come to him and God shines in us, we begin to see things differently. We begin to see the, the knowledge of the glory of God. We begin to understand life from a completely different perspective. That's important. But the other thing I want us to see, what is the power? Where does the power come from that enables me to overcome my world today? Why can I believe that? Because that same light that shined out of darkness, has shined in my heart. Now let's move down to where I started. I knew I was going to get there, and we read it once, but going to have to read it again. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Therefore, what therefore? Because the same light, the same God that caused light to shine out of darkness, caused that light to shine in our hearts. So we don't lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Man, you don't have to do anything but look in the mirror to understand that things change as we get older. Our outward man is moving towards an end, and it's an end that must happen 
because we need to stay part of this cursed creation so we can reach out to others that are in it. And so our outward man is indeed perishing. We can't argue with that. We can't change that. It's true. It's happening. However, our inward man, oh hallelujah, is being renewed day by day. I want you to know something. I'm 67 years old, and although my physical body is doing really, really, really well, thank God, I want you to know that my spirit is being renewed every day, and I'm stronger in my spirit today than I was when I was 57 or 47 or 37 or 27 or 17. I'm stronger now because my inward man is being renewed every day. Verse 17, he says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us. An exceeding, a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Our light affliction, 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 our light affliction. Listen, God is not saying that what you're going through is, is easy. He's not saying that what you're going through is not important. He's not saying anything like that. What he is saying is this, that our affliction that we face today is not going to last forever, and it's nothing compared to the light that shined into darkness. Listen, if that light could create everything, it can change what's around us. And so he says, that light affliction, that thing you're going to, is working a more, a far greater work, a weight of glory. What, what that, that weight of glory, sometimes we interpret that to mean, well, you know, we just have to go through it here, and we have to just stay under that pressure and not complain and be good little troopers because in the end, something better. We're going to get something better in heaven. Well, thank God we are going to get something better better in heaven, but I believe God is concerned not only with the sweet by and by, but the rotten here and now. That thing that we're dealing with is causing that power to work in me. Hallelujah. And it's going to rise up in me, and it's going to come out, and if I'll keep trusting God... Things are going to change around about me. And that is going to produce a testimony. If you look at the rest, the context of what the, the Word of God is saying, look at Romans chapter 5, and you read the first number of verses. It says that, that faith produces victories or, or, or uh, an overcoming. Faith produces a result, and that result produces an experience, and that experience produces a hope for the next time around. Listen, every time we win, every time we overcome the world, it gives us more of a testimony to say, if God did it once, he can do it again. Hallelujah. Now, I want to look at verse 18, and this is what we're going to really look at and close with. While we do not look at things which are seen, but things which are not seen. That's one of the main things that we've got to learn if we're going to overcome the world. We cannot continue to look at things that are seen. We can't focus. Uh, in Romans chapter 4, it says that Abraham did not consider. That word consider there means to focus upon, to gaze at intently, or to count as relevant. We don't focus on what we can see. Now, I understand. I live in this world just like you do. What we can see and hear and feel and experience emotionally are very real to us. But Paul is saying something to us that we need to get a hold of. They're real. He's not saying they're not real. But we don't look at them. We don't gaze upon them. We don't focus on them. But what do we focus on? We focus on things which are not seen. Now, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Why should we focus on something that we can't see when what we can see is filling our mind and our emotions and we feel the pressure and all those things? Because, he goes on to see, for things which are seen are temporary, but things which are not seen 
are eternal. Let me ask you a question. What can we see? We can see a sick body. We can see a financial problem. We can see and feel in the natural our emotional stress. We can see our marital difficulties. You, you just pick anything that the world can bring against us, and that's what we're talking about, overcoming the world. If you see anything that the world can bring against us, that thing it's seen or experienced with the natural senses, that thing that thing is subject to change. It's temporary. That means it can change. Hallelujah. Oh, when God began to deal with me about that, I didn't. I heard it, someone else preach it along these lines, that what I could see is subject to change. My situation is subject to change. But what we cannot see is eternal. What is it that we can't see? We can't see God. We can't see his power. We can't see... Uh, the effect of the Word of God. We can see and read the Word, but we can't see what it's doing. We can't see Jesus. We can't see heaven. We can't see our future destiny. But you know what? All those things are real, and they are part of God's uh, God's control or God's dimension of life that he has for us. He knows these things. He knows where we're going. He knows what we need. And though we cannot see those powerful things, we can't see him or his power or what he's doing or the future, although we can't see those things, now the future in a natural sense is subject to change, but God's ability to work with us through the future is not. What we cannot see is eternal. Therefore, it will not change. Let me give you an example. My God, the Bible says in Philippians 4.19, shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. Well, sometimes uh, what I have to meet my need is subject to change. I mean, it's not always there. I don't always have enough, just like you don't always have enough. But what is not subject to change here is the power behind the words. The words themselves don't change either, but the power that they represent is what really the Word of God, the Bible, is all about. My God will supply all my need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's not going to change. Well, you don't have enough today, but my God's going to supply my need according to His riches and glory. Well, you can't pay that bill that's coming due. Yes, but my God shall supply all my need according to His riches and glory. The fact that I can't pay the bill is subject to change. The fact that my God will supply all my need is not. Hallelujah. So we have to understand that our source of power is not in what we can see. I'm really concerned sometimes when I see the church focusing so much on, on natural things, on what kind of music and what kind of programs that we're doing in a church or uh, the kind of building or whatever it may be that's on a natural side. And people need some of those things. I'm not saying they don't, but that's not the source of our power. Sometimes we think, if you're a pastor out there, you think, well, if I get the right kind of music or if I get the right, do the right things to my buildings or if I re uh, provide for the felt needs of people in the right way, Nothing wrong with any of those things. But if we think that that's what's going to produce fruit in our ministry, we're wrong. What's going to produce fruit in our ministry is what's unseen. The Word of God, the power of God, the anointing of God, the Holy Spirit. All of those things never change. But what we see out here is subject to change. Hallelujah. I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know where you are in your life. I don't know what challenges uh, may be there that, that you're having to look at and that you're having to deal with. And I know the pressure. I feel the pressure. I, I know what I'm talking about. I, I haven't lived in a spiritual bubble my whole life. 
I have seen God do wonderful things, but I'm a real person. I, I don't have millions of dollars. I don't, I don't have unlimited resources. I just have me and, and my wife and, and my family. And more important than anything else, I have my God. And it is the God who caused light to shine out of darkness, who shined in my heart. And it's with that power and that ability and understanding that reality as I meditate on these verses. Do that this week. Go through and meditate on those verses. It's going to bring something new into your heart and mind. My God, who is not subject to change, is how I will overcome the world. Well, God bless you. Have a wonderful day in Jesus. Think on these things and see what God will do. 